And that's what I started wondering is what would it take to get firefighters over there that know how to use the equipment, that one can get it into the country and directly in their hands, and if need be, teach them how to use it, and while we're there, work side by side with them for a short period of time. Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. A firefighter in San Diego County, California, has started Operation Joint Guardian. It's an effort to help the people of Ukraine. Eric Hilly, a veteran of the U.S. Army, planned to just send USAR equipment over there. Many civilian structures are being heavily damaged by Russian rocket attacks, and local USAR resources are just unable to keep up. Then, when he found out that aid workers on the ground wouldn't know what to do with the supplies he was going to send, he decided to take some volunteers to Ukraine and pitch in. They're raising the funds they need to get over there right now. Eric Hilly is an engineer with the San Miguel Fire Department. He also runs a non-profit aid organization called U.S.-Mexico Firefighters United. And Eric Hilly joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So what prompted you to organize this whole effort? Well, it all started with uh, me working, assisting the House of Ukraine here in San Diego City. They were boxing medical supplies and other supplies needed to assist Ukraine. And I spent four of my off days off duty, about eight hours a day in there, just boxing medical supplies and, and getting stuff over there. While I was working there, I I asked him, I said, hey, um, how are you getting this over there? And what is the possibility of getting some technical rescue equipment sent over? And they explained it to me. And so they told me what I needed to do. And I started making some phone calls. And I reached out to different aid agencies. And I told them who I was and what nonprofit I, I run. And I said, we predominantly help fire departments in Mexico. And we want to try to get some technical rescue equipment over in the hands of Ukraine firefighters. And they asked me what I'm trying to forget. I'm like, well, we're, we're now searching out to get, you know, extrication equipment, hydraulic tools, saws, and get it over there and some cribbing and struts. And they, the exact comment I got from somebody from uh, aid agency was, we wouldn't have any idea what to do with that. And it would probably sit on a pallet over here at a distribution center and just sit there because we don't know what it is. So that's when it occurred to you that if you went over there yourself, you could help use some of that equipment. And and that's what I started wondering is what would it take to get firefighters over there that know how to use the equipment, that one can get it into the country and directly in their hands, and if need be, teach them how to use it, and while we're there, work side by side with them for a short period of time and assist with the rescue operation. Well, I've been deployed to the U.S. military twice in the, in the war zone, so being able to understand the, the situation and the dynamics of combat and recognizing when 
we are probably going to be in a very bad situation and not and taking the knowledge learned from the military and through previous deployments to do our best to keep us out of those situations. Like I've told the people that want to volunteer and go is our job is to go over there and to provide aid and assistance, but to also not be close enough to the action where we would be direct harm's way. How has the response been from people who want to help you? The response has been amazing. We've had a lot of departments and vendors now reaching out to us to get us gear and equipment. The list of volunteers, we have firefighters from across the United States, Mexico, Canada, the European Union, and Israel that are, that want to go. Things are really coming along. Like We've got all our ground contact movement. Once we can get there or organized, we have help with the Ukrainian Office of Foreign Affairs to get us our humanitarian aid worker paperwork. The biggest hurdle we have right now is just raising the funds to start making this a sustainable mission. Of the people who've expressed interest, uh, I mean, I assume most of them are firefighters or rescue professionals, but how many of them have served, served in the military overseas? I would say about 20 have served in the U.S. military. What skills do they bring? Well, one of the questions we ask everybody, this, this series of questions is, is, do you have a valid passport? Are you a certified firefighter? Are you an EMT or paramedic? What tech rescue training you have? Are you hazmat? Are you a veteran? And if you were a veteran, what was your MOS? What do you expect to find when you finally do arrive there? We've had a contact with some Ukraine firefighters over there. We, we expect to find a lot of just, well, carnage. They're, they're dealing with a lot of structure collapses, a lot of fires, overwhelmed with wounded and injured. It is a hostile environment depending where you are at over there. I mean, yes, rockets can travel a long distance, but the heavy shelling from what we're seeing and what we're hearing is, is literally isolated to a couple major cities with a few, you know, long-range attacks on isolated military installations and or what they call targets of interest. So where would you like to go? Well, all the rescue help and work is needed in the capital, in Kyiv. But once we get there, uh, we would meet with Ukrainian emergency services representatives and take direction from them. Like We would let them know we are here to assist you as aid workers. You have us for about 14 days. Put us to work, but understand that we are aid workers only. We are not here to fight. We are not. We are here to provide aid and assist with search and rescue. You have some experience with some of the details, but I imagine it's very different working toward getting toward a war zone. It is, yeah, there's a lot of work we've had, I've been having to fill out to get the approval to basically get over there. And we have, we've had, we have some great contacts with some very good political affiliations. Ukraine government that are helping us out. So what sort of gear do you need to bring with you, or what do you want to bring? After getting some input back from some firefighters over there, we are specifically looking for rescue equipment used for structure collapse. Today, we did officially get some gear, from extrication equipment from Hamatro. We just got to work the logistics of getting it shipped from where it's at to one central location here. We have also gotten other locally to reach out to us saying that they have technical rescue equipment that they can part with. We're also looking for any type of medical supplies, especially cat tourniquets, hemostatic dressings, 
And then we are also looking for ballistic protection. Yeah, that's a little scary that you need to worry about that at all. Yes. Of your people who are look like they're going to be going with you, are many of them paramedics? Everyone on the first rotation will either be an EMT or a paramedic. All will have tech rescue training. A majority of them have hazmat training or hazmat technician specialist. And a good majority of them are also military veterans. Now, how do you get to Ukraine? Do you fly to Poland and drive or what? Yeah, so we're looking at it's either going to be Warsaw or uh, Krakow, which I believe is also in Poland. And then we've already arranged with contact to meet us at either one of those locations and move us into Ukraine. So in terms of fundraising then, what do you need the money to do? The most expensive part of this is basically just the cost of flying everything over. Once we arrive in Poland, things we want to get that'll be cheaper to get by there than fly with them. We would try to find, I guess it would be their version of the Bose depot and actually purchase some portable generators and some some rotary saws and battery-powered rotary saws and all that over there than having to fly with them. Do you have an estimate of how much money it's going to take to get you guys there? To do, we are trying to budget for four rotations of 10 firefighters each rotation. We're trying to raise 250000 because that also includes the cost of the fuel we have to pay for of getting into the country, purchasing generators and portable saws, and even trying to buy some portable fire pumps, like, like the Mark, their version of the Mark IV pump, which we have to purchase over there because they use special connections. Hmm. How do you know that? I mean, are you in contact with their firefighters? Yes, one of the people that is assisting actually a Ukrainian national. He works for a fire department here in, in Northern California. His family is also in Lviv. And he has made he has made the contact with uh, fire officials over there that he knows, and he's made it very clear that everything out there they use, including their attack lines, is quarter inch storage connections. So that's why certain things we would try to purchase once we got over there. What is your planned departure date? We would love to get airborne the first week of April, but again, it's the funds we have to raise to at least get the first team airborne. We, we're having no problem getting equipment. The problem is raising the funds to get the first team airborne with the equipment. Sounds like a massive effort. It is a very massive effort, and I've learned a lot about international aid. So is this a bigger deal than you thought it was when you started? I knew it was going to be a lot of work, because even just what we do in Mexico, getting equipment across and the paperwork, it's a lot of paperwork and a lot of headache. We're not taking this to a neighboring country. We're trying to get this halfway around the world to another country, and not just another country, but a country that's in conflict right now. But it, it's worth it. Well, good luck the Ukrainian people can use all the help you can give them. Eric Kelly, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. If you'd like to help, you can. Eric needs financial donations to get his 60-plus volunteers to Ukraine. So just head over to our website, code3podcast.com slash guardian. You can contact Eric on Facebook or by email, and that info is there too. Once more, it's code3podcast.com slash guardian. 
Alright, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.